0: 1862, on a summer's
1: afternoon. I took the bus to Vanderbilt and she was heavy laden. The way we went to Colin would treat that on the road to bleeding. Oh! Hello
2: and welcome to CHN Radio episode 81. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. You can follow me at UFC underscore Greg. We made it past the too long international break, especially if you support the U.S. men's national team. Way too long of a break uh, for club football. (laughs) Uh, With me is the best damn co-host in the land and the other half of Newcastle United's only true black and white podcast. Elijah Newsome.
0: Yes, Greg. It was a terrible international break, if you are American. But luckily, I'm excited to be back, back in the the saddle, talking that Newcastle United as we get ready to take on um, some team that's probably not that good. Um, And so that'll be good. If people want to follow me on Twitter, it'll be at Elijah underscore Newsome. Uh, Probably the funniest Twitter you'll follow. Um, Trust me. You're gonna love it, your mother's gonna love it, and your brother's gonna love it.
2: Specifically your brother.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if people's moms are even gonna be on Twitter.
2: Yeah, they've already they've invaded Facebook though. There's a guarantee on that. <laughs> Alright, so we're gonna dive into some news. There wasn't very many notable things, but the one notable thing that is for sure is the international break happened and a few of our players got involved and it was a good thing for a lot of it a lot of the news that we're about to tell you is good so take it all in and enjoy the first person i want to talk about elijah is yours truly atlanta united alum
0: miguel Almiron. also yours truly feels like you were talking about me (laughs) Like, oh, first preview, yours truly, Elijah Oh uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Yours is his truly. Yeah. Is that the correct way to say it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, English. It,
0: Miguel Almiron uh, he scored.
2: Yeah, so he started and played ninety in the first friendly against Japan. They lost two nothing. And then he came in on, on as a sub in the sixty fourth minute and got a goal. It was a header and it was it was pretty. And then they went on to win four to two in that one. Um, What's your thoughts on? on, Did you see the goal, Elijah? And what's your thoughts? Yeah, will will the stone be turned? or yeah, flipped.
0: Whatever it is, you know, it's okay. Um, It's okay. I know English is hard for yeah, right. Well, especially when
2: if we don't pod twice a week, then I forget English.
0: Well, yeah, (laughs) it's true. Yes, yeah, that works. Yeah, I mean, as it regards to Miguel, um, first and foremost. I think everyone can agree this is great for the man's confidence. Um, going into this week, uh, having scored a goal, just that reassurance that you can score at the highest level—that's always great. And that's honestly, you know, something that could get him going uh, toward for the end of the season. As it pertains to the goal, it was more of like he was in the right place, at the right time. It was a smart run, so I mean, I can't be mad at him. Um, as it regards to Newcastle players scoring goals this past week. I'm going to have to say it wasn't the most impressive goal. It was nice, but I'm sure we all know about the most impressive goal scored this week by a Newcastle player.
2: Yes. um, it, Yeah, and for be, being the first senior goal for his country, too, uh, yeah. that's a big one. Hopefully which, we have another first.
0: Which, which, I will say this real quick, and I said this before recording, which, you know, maybe we should just start recording before we record. You know, so and then we'll could, say we,
2: more stuff before we record, though. Yeah, so.
0: it's. Oh, you're right. It's a never ending loop. Yeah, never yeah. mind. Um, <laughs> so, um, I was telling Greg this. Uh, He's like, kind of talking about how this was Miguel's first goal for the senior team, and I kind of mentioned it makes sense if you're unfamiliar with his involvement with the Paraguayan national team. Uh, I mean, before Atlanta United, he really wasn't playing. A ton of meaningful matches for his home club. I mean, he was playing, but it was you could see there was potential, but it wasn't to the degree of his dominance in MLS. And then once he started playing for the Paraguayan national team, um, he was coming on as a sub, playing like you know, you know what, Atlanta United fans considered out of position. Um, and then they got a new coach, uh, and he has been just very heavily utilizing Miguel and Miguel's playing more than he has ever before which has kind of led to his first ever goal so it's not surprising to to if you know his his whole story with the Paraguayan national team that this is his first goal and it's cool to to see him and for him to get that moment especially because you know he's from that country and loves it and always visits and all that good stuff and you know hangs out with Roberto, with Roberto Rojas when he goes home.
2: Yeah it was it was so This It it at least looks like this was his 17th start. But, yeah, the out-of-position thing, that's one. Um, His 23rd overall appearance, or, well, that wasn't a start, but he has 23 appearances, 17 starts. But if you take it all back, the last goal that he scored, which this is extremely surprising (laughs) and none of us would have guessed this, was November of 2018
0: for Atlanta United. Well, yeah, right before MLS Cup. Yeah. He didn't uh, score. He didn't score during the playoffs. Yeah, but was the best that. player. <laughs> yeah, he was like it was insane. He was clearly like the best player for Atlanta night during the playoffs, but did not score. Um, yeah, he skied the ball a bunch.
2: Yep. Um, Martin Dubrovka, his was not as good. Uh, oh. They played Croatia and they got smacked around, lost four nothing, and then they did beat Hungary. Martin Dubrovka started both matches. They won two to one. They were hungry for more. <laughs> and then, for some odd reason, Croatia drew like uh, Serbia one to one. And I was like, "What?" I, actually, I don't know if it's Serbia, but it started with an S. That's for sure.
0: Slovakia. Um, no way, well, no, we that's see. that's Never. Martin
2: Dubrovka's team.
0: Oh, you're right. And that also doesn't start with an S. Slovakia does. Well english is hard we haven't no, done a that's podcast. not english though that's 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 czech is that what they speak and in... wait oh they it's not Slovak. czechoslovakia anymore i'm thinking no. it's czech <laughs> man wow yeah you, you, you think a country's one thing and then they go around and have some wars <laughs> and things happen and now they're slovakia i mean let's go back to the good old days of yugoslavia where's that bring that country back <laughs> Um,
2: Emil Kraft got caught up for Sweden.
0: He came on
2: as a substitute, uh, against the Faroe Islands. They won four to nothing. Uh, Emil came on after all four goals were scored. So he just saw the match out and then was an unused substitute in their match against Norway, for as a one-one draw. I wonder um, who started
0: that. What? I'm just wondering what Swedish right backs there are that started above him.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah.
0: You don't have to look it up, trust me. I I don't care that much. That's good,
2: because I wasn't going to look it up. (laughs) Okay,
0: that's good to know. Glad we're on the the same page.
2: The two stories I wanted to talk about, my my favorite two. Okay. Uh, We'll start with the first one. Mo Sangare. Oh, Big Mo. Big Mo was playing in a World Cup qualifier for for Liberia against Sierra Leone. The famous George Weah. President of Liberia was at the match. Oh, and Mo stepped up and took a penalty and buried it to give Liberia a two to one lead. They were able to get one more goal a few minutes later. That was a two to one lead in the eighty-first minute. They got another goal shortly after to win three-one. Then Mo came on in the fifty-seventh minute. They lost one nothing to Sierra Leone, but won on aggregate three to two. Mo Sangare has helped Liberia advance to the second round of World Cup qualifying in the African qualifiers. Hmm. Big day for Mo.
0: Yeah. I wonder if George Way is going to adopt him and then be like, hey, you're now my son, which makes you American. And then we can have him on the U.S. Men's National Team. Well, he's cop-tied. No, no, no. Nope, they'll make an exception. <laughs> they do that. Tito Vijalba is not Paraguayan. I don't know how the hell he's playing for the Paraguayan national team I, well, I, I I very not I'm just not sure he's Argentinian. We'll take that
2: one off off pod because I actually know why.
0: Oh um I probably thing. do, but I forgot. but anyway,
2: yeah, he is good also. Uh, the other story, which we all love and all Newcastle supporters know about, is Fabian Cher.
1: Mm.
0: Yes. A one-to-one draw against Ireland. Mm.
2: Took the ball from the halfway line. Oh, gosh. Gave it and goaded. Oh, yes. All the way to the box. Uh. <laughs> this is getting weird now. Oh, and it's, it's not. It put it in the back of the sensible. net to give the Swiss a 1-0 lead. Ireland got one back late but there literally is not a center back in this world that would score a goal like that.
0: I I don't think you're doing this whole thing justice. Like you just like made I think people need to realize I think that's probably the most beautiful goal scored in the international break because the the like the ball moving by the Swiss in order to create this goal was just insane and it was it was literally all driven by no, it wasn't driven by a dynamic midfielder like Kevin De Bruyne or you know some or like a world class left back that just like Marcelo or something. It was driven by world class center back Fabian Scher who started the attack and ended the attack. And then the next match he went out and got an assist. Like this guy is is very good. I don't yeah. know if people realize this. He is very good.
2: Yeah, and he cost three mil. He did. He did. It's insane. It, it honestly, it's it's so incredible. What like there, there is not. I, I I've thought about center backs when I saw this goal, and I was like, I don't think there's a single center back that would even attempt it, because like to be that confident, because he's obviously, it's obviously a huge risk for him to come up that much and leave yeah. their leave, Like if they got countered on that play, they it would be a goal, but. Yeah. He was a and he did all the work by himself, just needed a little give and go help, exactly. And just put it, slid it right through, right past the goalie in between the posts, and let's go, boy!
0: Oh, such a nice and then
2: on Sunday, he played against Gibraltar 4 0 win. But not only did he start, not only did he play 90 minutes, but he got an assist from across second goal of the match, like. He had a goal and assist in two matches for Switzerland in Euro qualifiers. Like, the dude is on fire, and he's a center back. (laughs) Like, think when I say that was a cross. He's literally by the
0: corner flag as a center back,
2: crossing the ball into
0: the box to score. They said Demetro was on fire, but it really was Cher the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Definitely
2: was. Um, And last bit of update, um, it's international break-ish, but... Elliot Anderson. So if you remember when I talked about the youth team, I said one to watch out for is Elliot Anderson.
0: Which I believe you said was like was that the last pod? I feel like that I was very so. I think so. I think so. It was either the last pod or the one
2: before that. We'll check the tape. Um but Elliot Anderson was just he's 16 years old and he's killing it and he's even been caught up to the U23s for Newcastle. He was just caught up to the Scotland U18s for a tournament in, in, in Turkey. Uh, it starts next weekend. Um, so he'll be in Ist- Istanbul for four days for that tournament. Uh, it's his first U18 call up. So let's go
0: Elliot. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, I so he, also he's definitely willing news. to watch out for. Yes. All I do right, have news. What's that? So, um, I didn't even tell Greg about this because I'd wanted to save this for a special moment between me and the listeners. And then of course, Greg, and I want everyone to find it mm. at the same time. Um, I, Elijah Newsom, have purchased stock in Sports Direct, and I'm now a shareholder, which means that I now own part of Newcastle United. So I am does, now an owner, uh, and you shall address me as such. It doesn't, though. No, no, Greg. If you think about it, it does. No, I
2: did think about it, and it actually doesn't mean
0: that. Oh, okay. If you want to go that route, <laughs> let me have this. Because everyone always refers to Newcastle being a Sports Direct FC, and we should just buy into that and just recognize that the true owners of the club of the club are people who invest in Sports Direct. Did
2: you really buy
0: that? Yes. Why? Yes. Because I wanted to own stock in Sports Direct. I don't see how, where the issue is. I wanted to contribute to Newcastle United. I don't see you doing that. All you're doing is raising money for for strikers. For NUFC women. Shout out Jess Foster. She's actually a midfielder, but shout out to her. That's uh, all Greg's doing is raising money. I and I'm out don't... here actually contributing to the club by buying stock in our and probably the most important thing in Newcastle United, which is Sports Direct. So uh interesting.
2: Yeah. I'm gonna go and say that's a very poor financial decision.
0: And no, I think it's a great Your one. impact
2: is um, we get free
0: advertising? Can't All deny right, that. so you want
2: to talk about Liverpool?
0: No. Okay. Let's
2: do that right after this. Alright, Liverpool. We're going to Anfield. We're not going to
0: walk alone. Oh, no, it's at Liverpool? Liverpool? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that changes my prediction completely. Oh, now man. now it's a, guaranteed win. No, I got to redo my notes. I mean, yeah, now it's instead of instead of a five 0 win, it's a seven nil. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. yeah, we're traveling to Liverpool. It's a four thirty a.m. Pacific kickoff. Oof. Seven thirty sucks for you. <laughs> um, yeah this this will be twelve thirty in England. For those that didn't know, the way section sold out and. We can talk now about the lineups. So, the only player that hasn't played yet that looks like they might have a chance is
0: DeAndre Yedlin.
2: Outside um, of that.
0: I don't think so. No, I think so. I don't. Okay. That's just my opinion. I don't have any basis for that. I'm just saying. Oh, well, we're used to that coming to Newcastle. Um, That's a shot So.
2: Matt Ritchie is not training. Um, they're giving him rest to help him recover. Uh, St. Gucci Max is close to coming to training. Uh, Andy Carroll has returned to training. Oh, And, Elijah, I want you to speak a little on this. Reports are that Dwight Gale and his injury is not looking too shabby.
0: Yeah, it's a classic scenario of the player is hurt and is still hurt and shouldn't be hurt, and no one knows why he's hurt. Um, yeah. He's feeling some sort of tightness and stuff in his calf muscle, um, which they thought was a calf strain initially and expected him to be back, um, at least by now, or at least close to back or like, you know, Andy Carroll is at least in training, but, um, it's still painful and they're kind of, they aren't really able to locate the issue, which is a huge issue. Um, if you're Newcastle, because it essentially means you have no idea why this striker is injured or how the striker got really injured essentially. So, um, that's something to pay attention to. Um, you know just kind of monitoring the Dwight Gale situation uh because Hmm. um it's one it's kind of rare that he gets injured so um this injury is kind of serious in that regard and two it doesn't seem like no one has any it doesn't seem like anyone has any idea of what the injury actually is um I think initially what was thought as a calf strain could be potentially worse um a a tear maybe or uh I don't know what's worse than a a rupture? I don't think you can rupture your calf. Do you think you can rupture your calf? He would definitely know if his calf was rusher, ruptured. I think yeah. maybe it's like it could be partial torn. I think a torn. rupture
2: is more tendon, but I'm not a doctor, yeah. so I don't. Yeah,
0: know. who who cares?
2: Yeah. We don't
0: even need doctors. I don't even know why we have them. i <laughs> take. All right, but yeah, that's uh, my Dwight Gale update.
2: Yeah. Um outside of that, the the injury list has been easing a bit. But Newcastle obviously has a lot of issues there. Um, so Elijah, take it away. What is your Newcastle lineup prediction?
0: Oh, um, I'm gonna side with. Um, Dwight uh, DeAndre Yedlin not playing because I honestly have no idea. Can you explain that take? Because I just I just don't see anything that's led me to believe that. I haven't even seen him in training. I, I don't I don't know. Why would you think that he's coming back?
2: I saw. Well, I'm, I'm, I didn't say that he's coming back. I said that he looks like he has a chance to come back. Okay, <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but a ch- but not a. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think he has a chance to come back this week. That's my personal opinion.
2: Yeah, that's fine. So,
0: yeah. yeah so, but that being that. said, um, I'll say Martin Dubravka can Um potentially Carl Darlow because Carl Darlow is a Premier League quality keeper. That's another dig. It. That's another inside joke that no one will get except for. Me and Greg and Mirza and Ben. Um, anyway, uh, Dubrovka will start. Um, I think it'll be... Lascelles, uh is... He's, there's a lot of pictures of him, so he's ready to start. He's looking good. Uh, Lascelles, obviously Fabian Share. You you have to play Fabian Share after the week he's had. Um, and I'd, I'd go with Paul Dummett as well. Um, left wing back, I'm going to go with Jetra Willems, obviously. And right wing back, I would like... To see Emil Craft um, again, uh, I think he he's been he's he's had his moments of, of disappointment, but he's also been quite quite good um, defensively. And I think outright as a defender, I trust him more than Javier Manquillo, which is very hard for me to say. Which I never thought would be hard for me to say. Um, if you asked me this question last year, um, midfield, if you don't go long, Staff and Hayden, you're smoking rocks. Um Atsu, Almiron, and Joel Linton up top. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh it's yeah. gonna be a bunker down counter-attacking type of day, boys.
2: Yeah, I I would literally name the exact eleven. I don't think I'd make any changes. Um oh, good. Shelby would probably be the first guy off the bench for me, okay. and that's you know. it.
0: Liverpool currently in first.
2: Yeah. Um so yeah, I have no no issues with that lineup at all. I think that's exactly what we'll do. Uh, as far as Newcastle, the way where they're going to play. Wait,
0: question: uh, Did you go through the Liverpool injuries?
2: Oh, I didn't. And mm. Al- Alisson, I have them if you want to out, do it. Klein's out. Yeah, Keita's out, and I think that's it. I think yeah, they, I mean those they're three. still very
0: good. If if anyone was wondering.
2: Yeah, um, I think that they, those three has been out. For the whole season. I know Allison got hurt in the first like yeah. five minutes of the season, but like um it's been the same story for them, but no extra injuries. Yeah. Um so match play. You mentioned bunkering. I I think that's gonna be it. We're gonna have to frustrate them in that manner.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um it's gonna be one of those matches where Liverpool has twenty-two shots, we have three. Uh, and we're just gonna have to make the most uh, what does in on your in your opinion? What do you think Newcastle has to do to win against Liverpool?
0: I'll also just bold prediction real quick before I say what does Newcastle have to do before to to win. I think that there's potential that one of the key players, and I'm saying key players in sort of the midfield slash attack for Liverpool, meaning Mane, Firmino, Salah, Wijnaldum, uh Jordan Henderson, maybe Fabinho if you want to include him in that as well. One of those guys, I think, is going to not play this match because uh, Liverpool does start Champions League play uh, against Napoli, I believe, next Tuesday. So um, they yep. might rest one of those guys. Maybe Sadio Mane or Mohamed Salah. So just that's just my bold prediction for lineups in terms of Liverpool. What does Newcastle have to do in order to win? Um, I think they have to get service to Joel Linton. I think he's a guy who... I think one of the issues I've seen over the past couple of matches is that um, I don't think Joel Linton's been getting the service that he deserves as a somewhat bigger striker. I wouldn't say full-blown target man, but he's still a bigger striker, and Steve Bruce keeps talking every single match, every single week, that we are not getting service to Joel Linton, and he hasn't really done anything to address that. So um, I think getting service to Joel Linton on the counter will be Ideal whether that's swinging in balls or playing in balls over the top, that's what you want to do, especially against a backup keeper. And and, and Adrian is no slouch, but still he's not Alisson. So uh, that that's going to be my my big uh, thing. Newcastle needs to do.
2: Yeah. Um, what Newcastle needs to do to win is is pray.
0: Well, <laughs> I was being positive, but okay, um,
2: yeah you can't blame me for not being positive
0: it's true I did say seven nil was gonna be the score earlier in, <laughs> in the pod so yeah
2: um they just gotta be like absolutely perfect on the counter you know what what Newcastle needs to do to win is they need to win one nothing and they need to hit on one of their three shots yeah I'd like that's they have to just counter perfect one time and then not concede. And at home to Liverpool, that's that's an impressive task. Um, going to Liverpool, is there for me? There's like the question we always ask is what players to watch out for. I I think there's eleven of them, no ten of them. I'm not putting Adrian in that. Uh, there's ten to watch out for for Liverpool. But in real, like just to give substance and content to our listeners, what players do you think would make that or that Newcastle really needs to look out for? Um that will probably make the most impact.
0: Okay. You say ten player what are your thoughts on Andy Robertson? I think that he's like good, but I also think that he's good because there just aren't a not there's not a lot of good left backs in the world and he's like decent. Like he's solid. He's yeah, good I mean, going forward. But yeah, that, that was just my what are your general thoughts on Andy Robertson?
2: Um I mean he's good. I he would easily start in all but two or three teams.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm just not and completely I think sold. There's only
2: two. There's only, I think, two players that I would take from Newcastle side over Liverpool's, and that's uh, Fabian Cher and Christian Atsu. I'm joking about the last one. <laughs> but oh, okay, I do have Cher over Matip.
0: I would take Cher over Matip. Yeah, I would take Cher. I'd take Dubrovko over Adrian. Yeah, but not Allison. Um, well, yeah, but Allison's not playing. Yeah, but. But yeah, so, to your point. Yeah. But Atsu. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be If if it's a match between almost scoring, I'd rather have Atsu over Mane. For almost yeah, for scoring. For sure. For sure. <laughs> for, for just just close enough, like you're a, like you hit the post or just right over the bar, I'm taking I'm taking Atsu 100%. But if you're talking about players to watch out for, um, I'm a little concerned about um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, because he's just – there's no other way to put it. He's the best right back in the Premier League. You can fight me on that. I mean, I don't think many people would. Um, and I just – I him overlapping with Mohamed Salah, I mean, I love our defense, but that's just a tough ask of any defense. And yeah. we're talking about like – we're talking, you know, some of the best defenses in the world cannot contain – Uh, just the overlapping runs between them and then I guess if you want to include Jordan Henderson not really making runs Jordan Henderson but just like that whole like right side for Liverpool is just so dangerous Um, arguably more dangerous than the left side Um, and I don't know I just think Trent Alexander-Arnold is one of those kind of difference makers type of players who is good defensively but also just can swing in some amazing balls and of course is a very just like kind of cheeky player as we all saw in the Champions League, uh, so yeah, that'd be my player to watch, and alongside Mohamed Salah, I guess you kind of pair them together. Um, that that left side is gonna, and especially with Jetro Williams, who hasn't really been incredibly impressive on defense in defense oh. um, at all, and Paul Dummett, who's a converted center back. So it's just, it's you know, I have faith in Paul Dummett as a defender, but you know. It's still Mohamed Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold going at you 1v1. It's going to be tough.
2: Yep. I definitely agree with that. Uh, yeah. I, I think the the best opportunity is to hit Henderson and Ronaldo hard. Um, but we're just – the way we're going to be set up, we're just not going to be able to do that. So, like, the players that we really need to watch out for is whoever is playing their front three.
0: I mean, that's yes. just – just, I mean they're just so deadly and um I don't know, man. It's just it's it's gonna be tough. And the thing about their front three is though, like like they are a front three that they will they're they're gonna look dangerous the whole match. Like they were up to nothing on Burnley and like Bobby Firmino still making insane runs and of course he ended up with a goal, but it's like it seems like they just don't stop making quality runs and making great decisions with the ball. And it's like, sometimes front threes will, you know, let their foot off the gas and and start to defend. But it just seems like Liverpool every year, like, if they win big, they're they're always scoring in the last 10 minutes. Like, it's kind of bizarre. Um, So, yeah. I'm with you. Front three is dangerous.
2: For sure. Going to stats now. How many... Matches has Liverpool played, Elijah?
0: How many matches has Liverpool played Yep. this season? Yep. Um, Four. Four? Yeah. How many wins do they have? Four?
2: (laughs) Yes. So They've
0: got got the best goal differential. No, they don't have the best goal differential. I think Man City has the best goal differential. They're the only team in the Premier League to have won all four of their first matches this season. Man City drew.
2: Um, now, my other stat, how many consecutive home wins does Liverpool have?
0: Uh, 69. <laughs> it's lower than that. But okay. I'm going to guess 32. You're you close-ish. It's it's 40. Oh.
2: They've won 40 straight home matches.
0: Okay. This is all looking Newcastle. Oh, sorry. In Newcastle. Uh,
2: let me rephrase. That's, that's false. They're undefeated in 40 home matches.
0: Oh, well, still... Very good statistic. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
2: They've scored at least two goals in their last 13 matches.
0: Damn. That is... Yeah, not surprising, actually. They've been winning at halftime and full-time in their last seven matches. Can you stop giving us stats? It's really sad. They've won
2: 11 of their last 13 against Newcastle in all comps.
0: Time to pour more bourbon.
2: They've scored at least two goals in twelve of the thirteen matches against Newcastle in all comps. I might cry. End to five thirty-eight.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you, Greg, for ruining my night.
2: Five thirty-eight predicts each match and then does it, uh, how the table, how they think the table will look at the end of the season. They have Liverpool with an eighty-five percent chance to win, a twelve percent chance to draw and giving Newcastle, the lowest of the weekend, a 3% chance to beat Liverpool. So we go to our predictions, Elijah. How do you think this one's going to pan out?
0: Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Liverpool. 2-0? Yeah. Um, I think our defense is, is just one of the better ones in the, in the premier league. And maybe I'm delusional. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in the counterattack, obviously. Um, especially at this stage in the, in the season, um, and Steve Bruce's tactics, you could call them. Um, but I, I do have faith in our defense and I think, and they've done it before they've held Liverpool to less than three goals before. So I think it is possible for a two, no win. Um, I'm um, oh, sorry, not win, 2-0 loss to Liverpool, um, which is, is fine. It's a calculated loss um, given the, the squad quality and, and the quality of their squad as well. Um, you have to kind of go into these Liverpool and Man City matches expecting to lose um, because they are just so much better than the rest of the Premier League. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I,
2: as I mentioned, Liverpool have won 40 in a row at home. Or unbeaten in 40. Um, But, but, Elijah.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Our one win was on the road also. Interesting. Against Spurs. One nothing in London. Which is our last away match.
0: Mm. We failed to win in in our last six trips.
2: Our last six trips to Merseyside we've lost. Our last being a 4 nothing loss. We're going to frustrate Liverpool. And because of that, Liverpool will win their fifth
0: straight match. Oh, <laughs> sick. Glad we landed on that.
2: <laughs> and uh, Newcastle United will lose this one also. 4 nothing. Same as last time.
0: That was a lot to get to a very familiar place.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was. We it took a pretty just brutal off-road trail, just to end up at the same miserable defeat. Yeah. All right. Just like Newcastle United. Yeah. So, um, I think it's going to be an ugly one.
0: And. I might. I, I'm planning on going. To, I think I'm going to Auburn that weekend. Well, tomorrow, Saturday. What? I was like, wait. <laughs> you mean yeah. like? This weekend. <laughs> Got it. And uh, for those of you who don't know, that's it's a school, and it's a city. Not not a city, a town. It's a definitely town. a town. It's yeah. not, not, not a city. Um, and it's like an hour and a half from Atlanta. And it, pretty much if, if Newcastle are losing by more than two goals. Well, if Newcastle are losing by two goals before the first half, I'm just going to drive to Auburn. It's just not even <laughs> worth watching the rest of it. So, um Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, I will,
2: um, let's, I'll see you on the other side, Elijah. I'm going to yeah. go take a break, listen to some ads, and then we'll answer some questions. Sound good? Yeah. All right. See you soon. All right. Question time.
1: Woo, woo. I
0: don't know why you're so excited.
2: But... Let's answer them questions. Woo, woo.
0: Okay. Um,. I love when I, I,
2: I just opened Twitter to go to the questions, and the first question I saw is, Diame is a legend.
0: <laughs> That's not a question, but... Or the first thing I
2: saw was that. Okay. Um, okay, so the first question is from Big Cell at okay. Big Cell 5. Big Cell says, rank the managers. Carver, Pardue, Kinnear, McLaren... Bruce.
0: Also, hey, let's uh, let's give Big Big Cell a follow. He's only got two followers, so if you're listening to this, follow at Big Cell Five. He seems like a nice fella.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's um, a good guy. So, coach's rugby team. Let's rank the managers: oh, Carver, Pardue, Kinnear, McLaren, Bruce.
0: Man, I <laughs> think I'm gonna go Pardue. Wait, are you starting from first? Yes. Pardue is okay. my number one. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly, as much as people hate him, I mean it's out of these managers, he's the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, this is how
0: yeah. Um and then I'll go I wanna go McLaren <laughs> after that. Then Bruce, then Kennier, then Carver. Because I don't think, I, I would say Carver is last just solely because I just don't think he, uh, he he wasn't ready to take over a team, and obviously that didn't end well. So, um, I don't know.
2: I honestly, I wouldn't change your rankings. Like, I was hoping that we'd have a lot more of a different opinion here, but I, I would do the same thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it makes sense.
2: Yeah, and I would put McLaren over Bruce because even though McLaren is bad, he like he won a cup. And yeah. he was like runners up in the UEFA Cup and whatever he did. Yeah, but Steve did.
0: Bruce has the record for most promotions. So, that <laughs> yeah, that I accounts guess. for something. I'm not sure what, but it accounts it for something. Yeah. Uh
2: Yeah, it just yeah. Whatever. I have a question for <laughs> that's you. That's so Greg. depressing that all those managers managed us within the last like seven years. <laughs> yeah. And literally, Dang. the only manager that stayed from gotta, them
0: is Rafa Benitez.
2: Why'd you got to put that on us, Big yeah. Cell? Big Cell. I didn't need to remind of that. <laughs>
0: Dang. Um,
2: I have a text in question.
0: Oh, that's not real. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Well, the official questionnaire. Of CHM oh, Radio. well, okay, then I feel fine about
2: it. Trevor Mooney texted in a question. He said, who do you think ends up happiest? Mickey scoring his first national team goal, Salah pulling off a perfect dive, or Trevor's girlfriend when Liverpool destroys us? I'm assuming she, she's a Liverpool fan.
0: Okay, I was like, is yeah. Trevor's girlfriend a Liverpool fan? Or? Yeah. Well, I don't think it's Trevor's girlfriend because you have to assume that if Trevor's not happy, his girlfriend yeah. might not be getting any. So uh Yeah, yeah. I think that's clearly in last place. I'm gonna go with Mohamed Salah diving because Oh, he loves a dive. He loves it. And he he loves a just, to dive. It's a literal. it's a literal sport for him. So I'm gonna go with that just because I just he dives so much. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, I don't think I need to say anything else. <laughs> Um.
2: Here's a, a side question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh Who is a better diver, Mo Salah, Mohamed Salah, or Mo Salah?
0: Mo Salah. <laughs> okay, That's I would ha- have to I have to agree. <laughs> okay, so what, what was I'm your inclined to agree. To, what was your answer to Trevor's question? Is it the um, same as mine or no?
2: Well, just to be different. Um. No. Okay. I would say that Miggy's first international goal would bring more joy. Because it's his first goal for his country on a, on a senior level. Got to be a big deal. Even yeah. in a friendly. Yeah. And it was a goal to tie. Which they so, went on to win 4-2. Yeah. So it, was, it tied it at two. Paraguay scored four goals in the second
0: half. to win that came, by the way. Yeah, um, it, f- fresh attack. I have a question for you, Greg. Actually, is this
2: what you wanted me to remind you of? Because I was yes, about to. I
0: mean, I, I so mean, wait. I've reminded myself.
2: Re- real quick, Elijah, I'm reminding you about the thing you wanted to do. Okay. To do
0: there. You don't have to be quick. This is quite possibly the shortest podcast we've recorded for a regular episode. So <laughs> we could literally just piss around for the next twenty. Minutes. We can so filibuster. <laughs> we could filibuster. Um. My question is this uh, This is something that someone asked Steve Bruce And I never really thought about it Until I saw the tweet And basically it's mentioning The fact that Matt Ritchie is our Designated penalty taker um, And now he's injured So who would you rather have to, who, who do you want taking penalties now I mean you've got Shelby, Muto Hayden um, Longstaff, Joel Linton uh, Miggy I mean who, do, who would you want taking penalties
2: um, so actually this is a – this is a, a kind of a current event in soccer – in American soccer for me. For me, not mm. for everyone else. Okay. Uh, if you were watching the U.S. men's national team match against Mexico, I was very upset oh. about one incident. Okay. Where you had the captain of the team who's also the penalty taker who's also our youngest star, Christian Pulisic. Mm. Just – Gave the ball didn't didn't step up to the moment and gave the ball to our young eighteen year old Werner Bremen striker Josh Sargent. He mm. missed the pen; it was saved. But like it, I was so I was like, this is that's really messed up, and it like it made me lose a little bit of respect for Pulisic. It's still very high, but like if you're the captain, if you're like the star player, you step up and you take that penalty. Like that's your responsibility.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's Unless very... you don't care because you're getting beat 3 0, but, you know.
2: Or at the time it
0: was 2 0. And, you, well, you would have made it a one goal
2: match, and he gave it off to an unproven striker. So it's very bad luck. It is well, a very t- bad luck.
0: Timeout. You can't convince me otherwise. Unproven. Yeah. He's but unproven. still better than Yazzie Zardes. Just wanted to throw that out there. Who's also completely unproven. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, but. So I I want I think the penalty taker should be somebody of that magnitude of your team. So okay. it's a captain or it's a star player. That's okay. who it needs to be.
0: So I th- what's the answer?
2: Well, here we are. Okay. I think the person that needs to be taking penalties is definitely not John
0: Joe Shelfie. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, <laughs> don't say John Joe. because there's I'm only roast- one answer here, guys. Fabian it's Chair. Fabian Chair. Yeah, it's I, definitely I, Fabian Chair. I literally thought about. it. I was like, honestly, why not?
2: Yes, it's like why not make Fabian Chair take our penalty?
0: I mean, especially using your logic, it's like I'm not going to give it to Joel Linton. I mean, I'm not going to give it to Miggy because I think I've seen Miggy. I've only remember Miggy converting like one penalty in real time with Atlanta United, and that was to get a hat trick, and it was, so there was no pressure on him to really. Get the pen. It was kind of early on too. Um, yeah. I'm, I like honestly, Hayden maybe, but I don't know. I still like. I feel like I, maybe I'm a little biased. I just don't know if he's like a leader leader yet. But I, I know shares completely bought in, and he I mean, and finish. he's a
2: risk taker. He's he he would step up gladly and do that. Yeah, he would. He wouldn't be afraid of anything. He would just, and he'd probably ping it upper ninety
0: every time. He's like Joseph like... Martinez in a center back, <laughs> just like just absolutely fearless.
2: I would love to see it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, mean... It'll, it'll be interesting because, like, I was thinking about it as I was asking this question. The only way Newcastle, in my opinion, scores this weekend is through a VAR penalty, um, and I'm just like, who would take that penalty out of the out of that lineup I named? Like, who is? you know, one of the longer-tenured players that can score, and you're looking at tenure, and it's like, I guess Atsu's kind of a longer-tenured player. But he but would almost score the penalty. He, he would, would almost posts. score the penalty, exactly. <laughs> but then you're looking at it and it's like, I mean, Hayden and Cher are probably the only like, probably the only two guys you would pick. Paul I mean, Dummett,
2: but you wouldn't pick him.
0: You would not pick Paul. Martin Dubrovka, I mean, you could throw out just people who've played for a while, but to be God. serious, it's like it's Cher or Atsu. I mean, and I'm thinking Steve Bruce, in his mind, he's, I think he would probably go with Isaac Hayden. Um, just recency bias, because Isaac Hayden, I think he scored the me- most recent penalty he took. And that penalty yep. shootout was like upper 90. Um, so, I mean, there you go. Um, but I-, I honestly would rather see Fabian Cher.
2: Yeah, I think I think there's legit, and I'm I'm being serious about Fabian Chair. No, I'm and I'm with
0: you. Like you yeah. literally, as soon as you said it, I'm just thinking. I'm like, no, Greg's absolutely right. Yeah, um,
2: the only other person I I would actually consider is Antun just because like we need a goal scorer to step up and start scoring goals, and I would definitely like for it to be him. Okay. Um, but it's that, it's that factor, like, like it would be something that's like, it would either start off his confidence or completely debilitate it. So it's a big risk. We I don't share, like, we have nothing to lose when shares in it. If he misses, like, it's a center back. Yeah. If he scores, he's a legend. Like, it's like a, it's a win-win for us it in is. that situation. And I think that's the best way to go. I, I honestly do.
0: Or we could go a very interesting route and sub on Andy Carroll. To take the penalty. <laughs> I would do that too. Yeah. For sure. Or bring back Haslu. Can you loan someone in for a penalty?
2: <laughs> Gosh. Just I delay the anymore. match for four hours. Speaking
0: of it. Speaking of Hasulu, um Kennedy play, uh, signed with Getafe on yeah. the night, so, uh Good for him. He and Haslu. Get- Getafe's in La Liga, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, he and Haslu are going to be in the same league. Mm-hmm. At the bottom with Deportivo. Both of them. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, you have anything else?
0: Uh no, I'm oh well, if you aren't checking out the site, please do ComingHomeNewcastle.com, yes, um, coming Yes, good job there. and UFC um at CHN radio. CHN underscore radio. If you aren't following those accounts on Twitter, you're bugging. Um and if you aren't checking out what people are writing on the site, you're absolutely wilding right now. So uh, check out that stuff by Graham's book. Um, he beat cancer and he wrote a book So that deserves your money um, yeah. To say the least so, yeah. Alright
2: Well that concludes episode 81 Of CHN Radio I'm your host Greg Troxel That's the best damn co-host in the land Elijah Newsom And this is the beautiful sound Of coming home Newcastle Away the lads It's
1: cold up there in summer It's like sitting inside a fridge but I wish I was on the quayside, side Looking at the old time bridge I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the club again I'll pray of the dark at St. James's Park If the galley gets in the rain I'm coming home To be a Jody And to live in Jodie land Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cos the people in the big fat city Haven't had it half as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, hey, I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker Who stands at my next door He plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before I love the Jody heroes, there's so many famous names Like Linda Spawn in Gaza Brendan Foster in the gates at games I'm coming home Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need more a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark in St James's Park if the galleries end in the rain I'm coming home Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound I mean, in me, mother's i seen in I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the darkness in James's park with the gallery end in the rear, I'm coming home.